Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Cold Take Podcast. My name is Jonathan Whiteman, and on this first episode, we are joined by Lexi Gale, and she is a musician based in the Nashville area that actually went to high school with me in the Tampa, Florida area. So if you guys enjoy, you can check her out on any music outlet like Spotify, Apple Music, things like that. And you can find the podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, pretty much any social media. And I hope you enjoy. Okay. So um, we've been here for uh, just over an hour getting stuff set up. (laughs) Um, This is Lexi. Hello. Um, she is from um, Tampa, Florida, but you are based in Nashville now mm-hmm. for music stuff. Yep. Um, let's see. I have some information here. So um, we actually went to high school together. Yes, um, we did. Met because of my brother, but that's very different stories that are not the topic right now. Um, <laughs> Lexi and her sister Savannah are like two, I was telling you this, two of my greatest um, examples for people that I've seen um, through my experience with music that have actually like gone and um, worked on a music career and actually gone somewhere rather than just sticking around Tampa and working at churches, like a lot of people (laughs) that I do know. Yeah. Um, So um, you did not know that I was going to do this, but I'm going to put you on um, a bit of a spotlight last or in the last 12 months. Um, Lexi has had 61.2 thousand streams on Spotify, 16.2 thousand listeners, uh, 2.6 thousand hours listened, um, and played in 86 countries. So yeah, on Spotify, that yeah. Is, um, so that's all. I got distracted because I got texted by somebody in this house. But yeah, that's all on Spotify. Not even um, there's something in my headset. I'm sorry. You Not could. even like. Uh, I don't, do you do stuff on like SoundCloud and stuff like that too? I don't have, um, so I released two singles this year and they aren't on SoundCloud necessarily, but they're on like Apple Music, Amazon, all the other streaming platforms, Pandora. So yeah, um, that Spotify rap little post that I, I did was just the Spotify um, app, but that's where most of, I feel like my fans and friends and family go to. And um, so I'm sure it's. A like, good representation. <laughs> I feel like that's where most people listen to music anyways. I used to use, I use Apple Music because, um, used, not use. I used Apple Music because they did that thing where you're like, oh, you get three months free uh, yeah. or three months for $5 or whatever it was. It was extremely cheap or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, sure, I'll switch from Spotify to Apple just for that. Yeah. Um, I have both just cause like, I, I don't know, doing the musician thing, you want to just like kind of dip your toe in all of those just so that you know what's going on otherwise i would just stick with spotify that's what i primarily use so yeah um i haven't used pandora in probably years i think the last time i even touched pandora was probably in like high school yeah (laughs) i Um, feel (laughs) you and then uh that'd just be because teachers were just kind of like oh um you can listen to pandora while you do your work or whatever Mm -hmm. if they were some half lenient teachers yeah um, or they would just play pandora the whole time um jordan who's not on camera um used to work at a hobby store and would play pandora all day so they had like a nice was it like a pandora membership or something like that that you paid for got it through american express for free, american express for free. nice american express benefits yeah i my parents used pandora for a while just because they uh don't know how technology works. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Meet them where they are. So, um, 
What? It's censored. Oh, it's censored? Oh. Yeah, there's no... Oh, so Pandora... No explicit. Gotcha. (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Because he worked near the movie theater. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all those kids are going to come in after going to the comic store or after watching Mm -hmm. Spider-Man. And then just do that. But my parents had used Pandora for a while and they were always asking me how to use it. And I'm like, I... I don't know. I know how to use phones. I know how to use technology, but I don't bother with Pandora because um, I don't know if you were able to like customize it more if you paid for it, but... I'm not sure, honestly. Yeah. I haven't really bet on Pandora probably ever. I've seen it. <laughs> with, I've never really used it. <laughs> with Spotify, I've always just made my own playlist. Yeah, so. me too. I don't know if you have like multiple playlists that you go with. I have met plenty of people that do, but... Yeah. I think I'm the only person that I know of that just dumps all of their music into one playlist. I, I I'm do not, like, like one a year. Times. Yeah. So like I had one from like 2020 ish that I just put like everything in. And then there's a few that are more specific, but only because like I'll need to reference them for something. Besides that, I have like two playlists where I just dump everything. And I just use my liked songs, honestly, most of the time because those oh. are all in one spot and I just can shuffle it. I'm like, nice. I liked this song. So I know I'll like it, you know? Yeah, me and Jordan have very similar playlists. Um, nice. A lot of Taylor Swift and angsty teen music from the 2000s. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have, like, any rap songs. They have a select few. I don't, like, consume a lot of rap music. But, mm-hmm. um, so it, it's very interesting because we've traveled together, like, me and Jordan and, and Nick and whoever else. Um, and it's always like, oh, we're not going to listen to Nick's music because not everybody likes Nick's music. But then when either me or Jordan will go, it's like, oh, it's Taylor Swift. And then immediately it'll switch to like Fall Out Boy or something. And people are like, what is this? Or then it'll switch to like I Spy with Lil Yachty and, and the rappers and stuff like that. And then somebody will be like, what the hell is this playlist? I'm like, sorry, I don't have like a sad vibes playlist like everybody else does. But I just dump all my music into one and then... Um, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. But as far as it being on multiple apps, that's kind of what we're doing with this. Um, mm-hmm. We have it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, which I didn't even know Google Podcasts was a thing. Neither. I forget what the other ones are. Pandora, I don't think, has podcasts because I looked up, like, where to put podcasts. And um, if you there's this uh, website that Spotify owns called Anchor, and they just put it out everywhere for you automatically so i'm like okay that makes Mm -hmm. life very easy yeah um i'm not sure if they have anything like that as far as distributing music goes or do you just manually upload everything to Mm, each website they they do like distrokid usually it's the same thing oh okay yeah yeah because um i'm kind of surprised that they would just put it out to other places considering it's owned by spotify I would think that they would, they would just put it on Spotify. And then well, I think DistroKid's like a third-party thing, so it uploads your music to all the different streaming platforms. Oh. It's kind of impossible to individually upload all of them. You have to have a distributor. Oh. And distributors, by definition, would just distribute it to all the different ones. So Yeah, they do what they're, they're called. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, with podcasts, you can either do it two separate ways. You can either get it all distributed at once um with like anchor or I th- there might be other things like that but i think anchor is the most popular one um just because you know it's attached to spotify um or um when you're first starting out if you don't know what anchor is even when i was first starting out i had to do this because you have to 
get all these accounts set up before you connect them to Anchor. And then you feel like you're running a million different things. Because um, I was like, okay, we have an episode recorded, but now I'm making an Apple Podcast account, a Google Podcast account, a Spotify account. Um, we don't do SoundCloud. Um, I think I spaced out before. Did you say that you've uploaded things to SoundCloud? Uh, I uh, do. I don't upload um, like official releases to SoundCloud, but um, I have a lot of demos on there, stuff that I may not be able to professionally record and release that oh. um it's it's just more of like a casual singer songwriter kind of an app to me that's how i use it um sometimes i'll put up a song that i wrote just to kind of give people a sneak peek or see what they think and then i'll take it down if everyone likes it and then i'll record a real version uh so that's i kind of use it like a, as a testing ground really for what i do um or just because i get stubborn and i'm like you know what i want to put this song somewhere even though i can't actually release it so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I know significantly more about like your music stuff than uh Savannah's, but I think Savannah uses SoundCloud for some things. So she um does like uh cover songs on SoundCloud, which is never a bad idea. I mean, people on SoundCloud just want to hear stuff that sounds good and like familiar stuff is always good for that. Um normally when I do covers, I just put them on like YouTube or I'll do a quick video of them. I don't really record them professionally because I, I just save as much money as I can to do like songs that I've written. But I mean, I've been writing since I was like six years old. So <laughs> I just have a lot of songs and I don't think I'll ever really get to make a dent in my catalog at this point, especially because I keep writing. But yeah, I mean, obviously not all of that stuff is worth recording either. So oh, yeah. You just, you have to pick and choose really. But yeah, I also like to try and do my own production on stuff, which I'm not amazing at, but I can get like at least a, an average sounding like demo or work tape. So that's usually what I put on SoundCloud. It's just like a very casual place for me. I don't really post stuff that's professionally mixed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, even if you did it yourself, it like teaches you some things too. Yeah, it just saves you a dollar, and then it gives you better vocabulary to use with, like, a producer as to what you want things to sound like or a reference tape, you know. Yeah, especially when you're first starting out. Like, um, I wouldn't... I don't know personally because I don't do, like, studio work and stuff like that. Like, I just... Um, I don't I don't sing. I don't do piano mm-hmm. or guitar um, like you guys do. So I just kind of have been doing violin among other side instrument projects over the last few years mm-hmm. um so i don't go to studios and record things I, I have people randomly message me and be like hey can you cover this part so i don't really bother with mixing things that much um except for just the podcast audio which is extremely simple yeah because it's just talking um but uh it's just kind of the thing of with a lot of things is i, I assume um when you're first starting um as long as it doesn't sound terrible and you have like a general idea of what you're doing um then it it gets you somewhere as far as learning um the process itself and then just uh, oh what's the word for it basically what you were saying is it gets Mm -hmm. you like the vocabulary to to use with a producer yeah so then once you get like um you don't have to spend money on it but then as you continue on and continue to grow and things like that then um you can have like a better relationship with any producer that you have and you're just like, I want it to sound like this. To an extent, yeah. I mean, 
there's a lot of people who don't really know a whole bunch about anything besides just like what they've written or what they're bringing to the producer. So it's it's definitely not a requirement, you know? I mean, producers, like, their whole job is to decipher, like, what you want. So, um, like, my boyfriend is a producer, and he's always um, telling me how interesting it is, like, the psychology, basically, of, like, figuring out what somebody wants to hear by really, like, weird statements that don't actually translate to what he does, like, and just having to basically maneuver around a person's like personality and like the way that they communicate and figure out like okay so they say they want like a brussling thing like this is the actual instrument i'll have to use or like this sort of a vibe so i'll have to use um like you know just connecting those dots essentially so like i don't know that i'll ever be good enough at production to do that but my like the reason i like to make demos is because i can at least put like you know the general sound effects and things that I want into it and like come up with somewhat of just like a base idea that I can bring to somebody and it just it saves a little bit of the trouble sometimes because I I already have like sonically mapped out what I want to hear yeah so it it can be helpful it's not a requirement but it can be helpful so yeah then you're not trying to communicate to somebody like every little thing that you're thinking Um, yeah sometimes I just like when a producer does their own thing to it though as well so like I'll come up with a song and like, I mean, a lot of my songs don't really need super huge production quality. Like, um, a lot of them are pretty vocal focused or acoustic driven. So sometimes I just like to see what somebody else's brain wants to do with it. Or, um, I'll have a few like reference tracks of like songs that are already out there that are in the world at this point. And (laughs) those can be pretty helpful too, you know? Yeah. And at that point, um, with a lot of producers, it's like they've been doing it for so many years that they might have like a, um, like an artistic suggestion, I guess would be the way of, um, putting it. Yeah. So, um, cause I've, I've seen that in some industries, just not really, um, again, not really with music cause I don't do studio work. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was younger, I used to do like drawing and, and art and all sorts of stuff. Um, or I've done like video editing and things like that before. And I've, I've, I've contacted video editors before in the past, um, before I like really knew what I was doing. Cause I can, I would say that I'm pretty proficient at it now, mm-hmm. um, and can do some pretty interesting things uh, as far as video editing goes. But I used to like, uh, I would take like a video and if I wanted it to, um, have like a specific style or I didn't know what kind of style I wanted it to have after editing, I'd contact like an editor and be like, what do you think of this? Or, uh, what would be your suggestion for this? <clears throat> and things like that. So, I mean, it definitely helps, um, especially if you're not trying to do that professionally, um, which I think is something that we had talked about before recording is, mm-hmm. like, uh, it, it helps to know, like, all of, all of the, or not all of the stuff, but, like, a basic idea of a lot of um, industry-based things as far as um, production and what, like, goes on with studio work. But... Um, a lot of times you don't need to go into every little detail of that when you're not trying to become an audio engineer and things like that. Um, I'm not sure if you wanted to speak on, um, that whole idea (laughs) of like (laughs) getting a degree in, um, music and then like life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The the struggle that people have talked about for years in other industries too, because even, even not music, but like normal engineering stuff, people are like, I just got a mechanical engineering degree and I have no places that is trying to hire me. 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a loaded topic for sure. Um, so college for commercial music specifically is a very weird thing. I mean, there's a few that you just kind of know about, like Berkeley is a pretty popular one. I believe like Charlie Puth went there and other people. Um, John Mayer dropped out of there. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and now everybody's like, oh, John Mayer. And like, <laughs> it's funny. So uh, I pretty much knew that like ever since seventh grade or something, I plotted out that I was going to go to college in Nashville because I guess I just kind of knew that I had to go to college, not like had to. I mean, if I had really thrown a fit, I don't think my parents would have forced me to go. But like, um, it was just something that we always kind of like assumed that we'd be doing my sister and I. And like, I also didn't really know another way to get up there exactly like on my own because I'm a little introverted <laughs> and I I like being a part of a community. And so that was very appealing to me about like being a part of a program and I wouldn't take it back necessarily. I, I went with Lipscomb University, so Belmont is the more well-known of the two of them, for sure. There's also, like, three or four other colleges that have music programs in the Tennessee, like, Nashville area. So it's definitely not just Belmont, but that's the most popular one. Um, I was going to ask if yours was, like, the main one in Nashville. No. But I don't know anything <laughs> about that. So Lipscomb is, like five ten minutes not even maybe away from belmont and they've been around for like over a hundred years now probably like 120 something years they've been like an established institution but they had a classical program essentially until my freshman year so i went up to tour colleges the sophomore like going into my sophomore year of high school I just was like, you know what, we're going to go to Nashville this summer and <laughs> talk to some schools because I, I am an overachiever a little bit. So um, when I initially went to Lipscomb to kind of visit, they didn't even have a commercial music program. So I talked to the classical director and he did not seem very excited, honestly, about there being a commercial program there. Uh, but Charlie Peacock, if you don't know him, he's just like very well-known, acclaimed producer. <laughs> um you, you you could look him up later if you want to. He's a really, <laughs> really cool guy. So he was initially like heading off that program. And he is the one who like towards my senior year when they were gearing up to like officially start the curriculum in what would have been like my freshman year. He kind of recruited me and a few other people and they just got rolling. And honestly, um, I, I like to be a part of things that... Um, are growing and like a work in progress because I, I feel like I get to contribute a lot more and be like a, a helpful part of the process of like navigating and setting standards and all of that. So um, I ended up going with Lipscomb. They gave me a good scholarship and yeah, um, <laughs> I definitely learned a lot for sure. But um, I noticed that the year ahead of me, they were like there was a class of probably 15-ish, 20 people that were there the year before me that were in the commercial program. So like, I guess they were the first like unofficial like class. And yeah. um, I mean, I I didn't get to keep up with a whole lot of them, but I just, I noticed that a lot of them like either kind of started off with an industry job and then quickly faded out of it or like kind of did a project and then never did anything else like never really got to go on tour or like 
do any of the things that the program kind of like advertised getting you into. And I just think honestly, a lot of the people that fell through the cracks there, it just was because like (laughs) it wasn't completely established by the time we graduated, you know, it was such a new program. And I mean, there's only so many spots available as well. And like you have Belmont, you have MTSU, you have Vanderbilt, you have Trevecca, you have Lipscomb, like, <laughs> like all of those kids are getting out of college and going to look for a job in the industry or do the artist thing. And like, I don't know, it's just such a hit or miss thing. Like, I can't necessarily say that going to college for music gives you a better shot than not going to college for music. But like, in the case of like, say my boyfriend, he's a producer. So it's a bit different. Like they kind of work on commission most of the time. And there's like real jobs for them, even though they can also do their own side thing and like have their own studio. So um, a lot of my producer friends that I've made do tend to like find opportunities before they've graduated or the friends of mine that are like session players or live players, they'll get to go on tour. But like for my artist friends, I guess that's where it's kind of a a toss up. Like I I don't really know that anybody succeeded because of Lipscomb necessarily or because of Belmont or wherever you choose to go. Um, It's just such a weird mix of things. So like, I don't know, I guess I'd say if you're a producer, mixing engineer or like a a live player or a session musician, like, you know, maybe, maybe it's a good idea to just go and get those connections. But as an artist, it is kind of a toss up. Like, are you going to meet somebody in a classroom that has no idea what you sound like and are they going to buy into your career or are they going to hear you go play live in a club or something and then come up to you after you know like what's out of those two situations what sounds more exciting you know or like what what's more gonna get them invested in you that's the thing with like artists you kind of just like have to hear them and if you can't convert that guest speaker who came to your class one time into somebody who hears you live you know, like there's, there's just not as much of a connection. So like I would follow up with people all the time, send emails, like shoot out my music, my social media, and it'll stand on its own to an extent, but it's just, it's always different experiencing an artist than it is just like a producer can send like a mix, like, oh, I've mixed and mastered this. Like, here you go. That's the final product. That's the way it's intended to be heard. Like with a lot of my stuff, um, at least like me specifically, I really like live music (laughs) and so i feel like my chance to like shine for people is a live performance and it's always so hard to convert those people so i don't know it's it's just such a toss-up you never really know what's gonna happen i definitely won't say it's like a bad choice but it's it's hard to like it's just it's always going to be hard doing the artist thing when there's so many people doing the same thing that you are you know yeah i mean especially with music because um like you have all these, all these. Uh, I was gonna say kids, but you know, all these like twenty somethings that are yeah. um, graduating. Ambitious uh, young people. <laughs> yeah, and that's not even necessarily to say that there's even um, like spots open in um, companies or. Um, I mean, there's always spots, I guess, for people. Um, it just depends, like, like how set up something is. <laughs> yeah, to grow as an artist, there's always like spots because you can always have like that. 
you have to basically create a path for yourself so like if you're an indie-ish artist or you're like a jazz artist or like a pop artist you know there's different venues that will cater to different types of music and obviously like country music is still just the staple yeah there but it is actually pretty musically diverse too. yeah so but the um what i was gonna say is like you can always there's typically always some area that an artist like a uh, like a musician will mm -hmm. grow um but as far as like a um structured like company or something for them to be a part of or like a, a recording label or something or like that a management is deal to, that sort of thing yeah there's not always just an opening there there where they're like we're looking for an artist or like we're looking to hire somebody it's and you have oh, all yeah. these people every year trying to do that and all these places are like well i've had this artist for 10 years why do i need to do this new one well it's it's definitely like there's a spectrum for sure so like there's plenty of like supposed manager management type companies that their whole ploy is like, oh, if you pay us this money, then by the end of this time period, all of these labels will want you. Or like, so then they can make a business out of claiming to get you to a label. Then there's just like the streaming people and their whole goal is to get you as many streams as possible on usually Spotify is like where the playlisting is really important, but like Apple Music to an extent. And you're paying them to basically help you navigate that world and like use their contacts to get you on playlist and you know that's all great and good there's there's nothing wrong with that but like I guess as an artist it's really really hard to make revenue living in Nashville so like my dad for instance he was a touring musician <laughs> for several years when I was younger and like went all over the country with his album and was like top 40 on the country charts. And he was an independent artist, which was like unheard of back then, really. Like that wasn't much of a thing. <laughs> and so after the market kind of crashed in 08, uh, he couldn't make money in Nashville. And he basically took his band to Florida and then for like over a decade played all kinds of really cool, amazing shows in Florida, like very regularly and got paid well to do it but there's not a lot of venues that pay very well in nashville but just because there's such a huge mass of artists that are like so like dying to get gigs that they'll be like i'll do it for free so yeah, then it's, it's like, like oversaturation it's extremely oversaturated so if you want to make money you have to drive like hour two hours to play at a, a venue or a bar <laughs> that'll pay you and you know it's it's just so interesting and like I, I don't want to sound Debbie Downer about it because you know any opportunity to play is great yeah. but um yeah for artists it's like you're constantly giving money giving money giving money paying the playlist people paying the management people like paying the graphic artists like if you're not a one-stop shop for yourself essentially then like you're just losing all your money yeah. so that's why so many of us have figured out how to like do our own photography like without a photographer we just we figured it out or we figured out how to do our own graphics or our own album cover designs we figure out how to brand ourselves like build our own websites how to record our own audio how to produce ourselves half of the time like we basically have to figure out like social media and marketing and like how to grow our accounts like we have to do all of this stuff ourselves essentially if we don't have like funds to really yeah bring other people into it and then i mean sometimes like if you really connect with people live that's kind of your only shot at like somebody saying hey you know um 
I'm just going to invest in your career because I believe in it. And then like, that's really where things start rolling is like, you can't do it by yourself forever. Like you can start by yourself, but that's not, that's not going to be the end of the road, I guess, essentially. So I mean, an ideal situation before maybe getting into a label would be a publishing deal because um, I don't know how much you know about a publishing deal, but not much. Uh, <laughs> so essentially, because um, the labels and like everything changed when streaming came around, um, it just the whole entire infrastructure and like the steps you'd take, like all of that changed. And so they used to do development deals at labels where like for a year or so they would, you know, help you to brand yourself and just be really involved in the process of like, okay, what songs are we going to record? How are we going to do it? And like, you know, how do you perform live? What things can we tweak to make you more engaging? All that stuff. And when all of the money essentially just like got vacuumed out of the industry because um, people weren't paying like 10 to 20 bucks for a CD anymore, they could stream it for free, essentially, you know, It, it changed everything. And so with a publishing deal, essentially, they've taken over that developmental role. And it used to just be that songwriters that were strictly songwriters had publishing deals for the most part but now um they're taking in artists that are ideally going to cut their own music as well as pitch songs to other artists because they don't make money unless your music gets cut so obviously now they want artists there so that they're getting cuts from the artists that they are developing and um yeah it's a good deal most of the time for an artist because it'll connect you to other writers who can help your music and they usually give you what's called an advance but it's essentially like a loan you don't have to pay back so say you you sign a deal for like 18 months and you get like 20 grand in total then that basically frees you up to have a part-time job instead of a full-time job and write as much as you can and try to get cuts and try to make the money and try to develop yourself So that's how I think um, at least a good number of my friends have started to um, break into the industry a bit more and into those like inner circles of writers and label people. So, yeah, it's interesting. (laughs) Seems like that's at least a way to get started in some sort of um, industry fashion. As far as all the like the new streaming and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, and I say new, it's not too new because it's been like almost 10 years now probably yeah but like it's new compared to everything else in the holy grand scheme of like 200 not 200 music has been around for much longer than 200 years um like commercialized music i guess yeah yeah um uh, there's also never really been a time where you can have like um all these artists learn how to do things themselves like I, i can't say like 50 or 60 years ago uh, a lot of these artists would have also known how to edit their own videos or take their own pictures and all that stuff. But, oh, definitely not, um, especially on the production side. Like, that was a whole different game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so now like you've 10. got, like, both sides because you've got, like, these companies that are trying to um, now make money when they don't sell CDs anymore, but you've also got them trying to get artists to spend money on them when artists can get a basic idea of how to do like their own work by going on youtube or whatever else i mean like how do i get a basic idea of mixing and things like that yeah um it's a very open-ended thing anymore and i think a lot of like label people publishing companies they all want to see a self-starter and somebody who is willing to 
go to whatever lengths that they have to to promote themselves and develop themselves before they're willing to step in just because there's so much more risk with the investment now if they are like spending all of this money to push you out there to the world and you just kind of like I don't know I don't want to say don't take it seriously but if you're not invested in yourself yeah like if you aren't willing to just work like go to town for it then their investment may not pan out so it is very much like usually it's weird because people invest in like a business idea like a you can go to a bank and get a loan to start your small business so they're like investing in your brand essentially um with labels it's like you're the business that they're investing in you're the brand you're the face of it like whatever you're selling is whatever they're having to buy into so to just be somebody who can sing great it's not going to necessarily make you a career you know you have to really develop like who am i what am i saying what's my purpose here like how far am i willing to go to get that message out to the world you've also got to juggle like a million things like to be an artist you got to be like it's a full time like relational and everything like that you can't just be talented you have to manage like everything you got networking a lot of times (laughs) yeah like networking you gotta have relationships um you obviously have to be good at what you're doing but the work and everything like that whereas the other places all you do is you just kind of show up and do your job and everything else is done for you yeah Um, it's a very big investment to do yeah um as far as music careers, they're more traditional than this, uh, as what I'm about to like kind of connect it to. But it reminds me of like um, when YouTube first started being a thing, and then all these people were um, that are now big YouTubers or even small ones that have failed that have been like, oh, you can make money off of YouTube and get like advertisers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It was such a new idea that um, so many people were just like, how how are you going to make money? just making videos and being entertaining or whatever. Yeah. Whether you're making like skits or um, recording games or whatever you're doing. It was such a new idea. And um, it's kind of similar to music just because like in music, like you said, you're the whole, you are the business. It's just yourself. And with all of this like online stuff now with streaming and stuff like that, um, whether you're doing like your own production stuff with videos um, and not doing music, it's still pretty similar. Um, which I don't know how, there's gotta be like hundreds of thousands of people that have tried and failed by now. Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) there's so many YouTube channels out there now. Mm -hmm. And And now it's just like saturation and that's kind of what's happened with like, you got to set yourself apart, but you also can't be going against all standards because then somebody's gonna be like, what the hell is this? I mean, it used to just, when things are starting out, it's always different. So like even look at TikTok, the initial creators on there got like mega, mega famous but now, because that trend started to happen, everybody hopped on board. And for you to break through that algorithm and everything, it's easier than on Instagram, for sure. But, like, it's it's not the same that it was when the app started. Same yeah. thing with YouTube. And then with, like, streaming, there's this huge wave of artists now who, like, you can literally take a demo off of GarageBand that you didn't mix, didn't put out effect on with the vocal and like a fake drum kit and a piano keyboard or something like you can take anything you want essentially and put it on a streaming platform like i've had um people that i know that put like literally titled demos on spotify and 
people do that all the time all the time it is very saturated like it's it's hard to just upload a song now and it take off because it's good you have to do a lot of work behind the scenes like you have to be looking at playlists you have to really come up with a like a marketing and a strategy plan and if you have any money to invest in the marketing you have to plan that out just because it is everything is getting saturated and everybody wants to, you know, have this career of like, oh, I can just, you know, upload stuff online and I can be an influencer. I can be a YouTuber and then make all my money. And yeah. it's it's still possible. It's very possible. It just it takes a little more of a of navigating now, I think, and a little more investment time wise to really break through the masses of people that just like hopped in, you yeah. know, and learning wise, um, just because like. I don't know when you're first starting just the fact that if you look somewhat professional you're still going to look a lot better than the guy that's just um you know recording a, a two-minute video on his phone of yeah whatever um I mean we're using a phone but that's just because of our options today that turned into chaos mm, but like right. even with um with this I'd say podcasts are starting to get like oversaturated now but this has been a project I've wanted to do for like four or five years, but only really got the opportunity to start doing it recently. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what kind of sucks is I would have loved to start it, you know, four or five years ago yeah. when I <laughs> initially had the idea. Um, but then life gets in the way. So then what we're doing now is um, trying to get as high production quality as we can from the start so that we're not just like, oh, we're recording a podcast with a $10 Walmart microphone. Yeah, I mean, it can that. be helpful. I think, honestly, like, regardless of, like, production quality or any of that stuff. Or, it, I mean, it, like, how you present yourself, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it just comes down to, like, do you have a clear, direct thing that you're doing? And, like, what's your objective? And what kind of content are you bringing people? You know? And um, even with things like TikTok, I always, I had this idea in my brain, like, every video I do has to be super like aesthetically pleasing and well set up and all this stuff and like I mean I it would just discourage me and then I wouldn't post things and then I'd be on my just like general feed and I'd see girls that are like you know not wearing any makeup like look like they might have just woken up from a nap like just playing something on the piano the lighting's not super crazy and they're super viral it's like it's about the content you know more than um I guess all of that stuff at the end of the day it can help for especially, sure. especially when you haven't like have when you don't have an established like audience yet. Yeah. Um, that definitely doesn't help either. But um, as far as the production quality thing, like even if you don't dump money into like a project, even if we didn't do anything with the podcast, we'd still be uh, like as far as like investing any money into it, we'd be trying to make it look as good as we can, even if we were just using our phones. Um, yeah. You know, from the point of. Um, like even using our own resources, like I've had this microphone for probably almost two years now, but I use it for this too, just because it, it's, it helps with audio quality and things like that. Or, yeah. um, cameras that we've had lying around that we haven't spent any money on in who knows mm -hmm. how many years, but because, uh, they're available resources that we have. And, um, it's just a matter of like a, with a lot of things now, if you're trying to do things online, you there's gotta, always a way there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. It's just, um, I don't know. I've seen some people try to do things like um, Jordan knows our friend George who tried to do like streaming and stuff and he tried to do it for a very long time, but he didn't really, from my view, he didn't really put like very much effort into it. So he tried to do like streaming games and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and while he could be good at games, 
he would just sit. <laughs> Jordan's over there nodding. Um, <laughs> the, this kid would be good. Lack yeah. of marketing, lack of entertainment, stuff you like that. You have to be so strategic the... with online stuff to cut through the noise anymore. It's just, yeah. it's it's a requirement that you have to be strategic. I mean, even with playing games, there's so many people that want to, like, stream on Twitch and stuff like that now and play games. But, like, um, this kid was good at games, um, and he would, like, focus on a game so much that he'd learn it so well and know every little thing about it. Um and, uh, but then you'd go to his stream and he'd have like a, he, he like developed this character for himself, um, like to present himself as so that he could have his own brand. But, um, as far as marketing, he didn't really do any marketing or networking. Um, sometimes it wasn't even very like entertaining, which I've known the kid for almost 10 years. He's great. But like, as far as business oriented, he'd just be sitting there like silent and I'm like, come on, man, See, that's your stuff tough. looks great. But like you, you have to put the effort in too. That's the also the thing I feel like is a little unfair sometimes about the industry, like all of the industries, really. Um, I have so many incredibly creative, talented, like should be extremely famous people that I'm friends with. But um, social media isn't something that they enjoy. And honestly, like I really don't enjoy it either. And I'm not the best at it by far. But I just... I try so hard to find that like balance of how much can I push Instagram or push TikTok without mentally losing my brain and feeling inauthentic and all of those things. But like, it's kind of necessary now. Unfortunately, yeah. And I I do wish that it wasn't because I feel like there's so many amazing, talented people that like if they just had like a business savvy person that helped them, it would be a game changer. But like, how do you find those people by doing it yourself first? And like, I don't know. It's just it's there's never one fixed way like i've i've got friends that just went and played a ton live and then people found them and then said hey here's a publishing deal we're going to help you with the rest of it and then i've got friends that you know don't really like doing social media and are a little more shy and just kind of like started giving up on themselves and like it's so tempting to just give up really because not everybody wants to do social media and marketing and networking and it's it's unfortunate how (laughs) necessary it is like talent only gets you like just like a little inch of the way there and then it's everything else and it's it's tough to watch sometimes because i think there's so many people that deserve so much more and they can't crack that next level just because they don't have like 10 plus thousand followers on instagram or something (laughs) yeah like um it's weird how necessary it is because you know it never used to be a thing but like um an example that I personally have worked with is um, one of the churches that I've played violin at. It's like a 30 or almost 40 year old church now. Um, uh, but they didn't really have any sort of online presence until about a year or a year and a half ago. Um, and then when I, when I went there, um, that like the shutdown for all the coronavirus stuff and, and all that, the pandemic stuff happened like right when I started playing there. Um, so they had to figure out how to like stream and stuff like that. And, um, mm-hmm. cause now every church streams. Yeah. Everybody can stream. Everybody has this video production quality aspect yeah. going on. So they were doing yeah. it on like a phone and then eventually they dumped a ton of money into it, um, that they had raised because, you know, churches raise money and all that. Yep. Um, <laughs> so then, um, it, it was like very disorganized, but eventually, um, I went to the pastor and I was like, the it, well the, the music ministry there it, 
um, when I went there, the whole music ministry, I went there because uh, the music director I had been working with for years had gone there. So he brought like a whole established music group there. Mm-hmm. And they're like super talented and everything. But when you have no online presence and the only thing that's going on in a shutdown is whatever's online because nobody's going in person, you need to get things Convert established. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask you for money, but like it drives me insane when I'm I, I've spent like years doing um online media stuff and I'm just like, just let me set you up with streaming stuff and then we'll see where it goes and I guarantee you it'll be fine. And um Jordan went to a concert that we had there a couple of weeks ago, so like these people are like crazy talented. A lot of them are. Mm-hmm. But now we have all this stuff like we um since they were able to listen to me, now we have like a whole um streaming page set up because you know facebook pages are extremely simple but they didn't even have that um and like professional cameras and all of this stuff mm-hmm. um and we make like videos when we do these christmas concerts and stuff like that now so it's just um even if you don't know how to do it yourself just learning it or having somebody that can help you with it um is i don't know necessary is probably the closest word to it it's yeah. very helpful but it's also just... anymore it's definitely necessary like the pandemic and COVID and everything being shut down, especially just like put the nail in the, in the wall <laughs> yeah. on all of that stuff. Because, I mean, it's not always a good idea to just go in person to everything. But like now we have a, like options for people, which is really cool. Like I'm, I'm glad that that's a thing. Um, but yeah, it just makes it a necessary part of entertaining is having good video and high quality stuff that people can tune into or watch later. It's, it's important. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it a lot when you're starting things, um, this probably, this doesn't really apply to you cause you already have like established things, but like mm-hmm. for people that are just starting to get into online stuff, mm-hmm. um, they could say like, I don't have a camera or whatever. It's like, you have a phone. You have a phone. Exactly. These phones, like Jordan's phone, is being used for this podcast because I couldn't find my charger. His phone records in like 1084K, whatever you want it to record in. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, and they have like um, you can do little gimbals now that you can buy for a phone that'll like adjust it properly and yeah. set it. So yeah, no, it's way cheaper to do that and start out than it is to get a camera sometimes. So like, you know, get, get the little thing that'll balance your phone and use your phone like the video camera. Yeah. I've done, I've made music videos using my phone and like all kinds of stuff and it, it's better quality than the camera that I grew up with even like, yeah, there's, there's a way, there's always a way. And like, you know, borrow your friend's iPhone if you don't have one, like any, any time that somebody wants to start something, that's like the beauty of what's going on right now. I think like as much as the saturation thing can be a little annoying, it's also just so awesome that it's just like equal opportunity. You know, like if you want to, you can, like, if you want to put out a song, you can do it. If you want to record something, there's so many ways. If you want to anything like there, you can go on Amazon and get like a, like if you're trying to do even podcasts and you don't want to put up a set like we did, um, you could go on Amazon and get like a five dollar lapel microphone that just attaches to your phone and it does fine microphone quality. Yeah, and, like, I literally got one of those. I plug it into my phone and I can record audio on it. Like it's it's just so easy. It's so quick. Like it's so accessible, and that's great for you know not gatekeeping all of these industries. You know, like you have an opportunity no matter who you are essentially to start making content. Start building a brand and like you know looking up youtube videos and getting resources like it's just if you want to then there is a way yeah <laughs> and even even if it's not like professional quality if you're like a musician or something then you have at least some 
basis of something that somebody can see and see like, oh, do I think that this person has potential? And they're also putting in the effort so they could be like a good investment. Mm-hmm. So um, with that all said, um, it's been like 48 minutes and I unfortunately kept Lexi here for like an hour before we started recording because <laughs> it was very disorganized. But um, this has been probably... Uh, one of my favorites if not my favorite episodes so far so i would love to do one again with lixie and i'm sure that you might be open to it because we've already yeah. talked about it before this um in the near future i will also have um i i have talked to savannah about being on an episode she said she'll contact me sometime after christmas so nice. it'll happen eventually yeah um we'll be going to not we i will be going to ohio in a couple weeks too so we have um a decent amount of content planned for the next probably month or so. Nice. So um, I'm excited to see where the podcast goes and I would love uh, to have you back on it. So, but I think uh, that's, I think I should probably let you go soon. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so thanks to anybody who was listening. You can find us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Google, um, uh, anything that has podcasts. And you can find Lexi at basically any social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, stuff like that under Lexi Gill or Lexi Gill Music. <laughs> um, I don't know all of them, but I know as long as they're there. a lot of them. Yeah. They're everywhere. Um, so thanks, and we'll see you next time.